You are saving the relationship by destroying it. Please, sweetie, it's not the best look. My gender was so influenced by I need to be used by men. No, baby. No, don't post that. Trans woman, don't post this shit. I'm serious. Stop posting this shit. You are making us look demonic. I think a 10-year-old can consent to throwing away adult sex function? It depends on the 10-year-old. Oh my gosh. We are seeing, I would say, almost an epidemic of young gay children, young gay children being told that they are trans. At the same time, extremely queer and extremely straight. Hello everyone, it is Jack. Welcome back to my channel and I am very glad to have you here with me. So episode two of the Jack Jewel podcast is well underway. I am very much enjoying this ride. I hope you are too. And if you like this, please consider subscribing, like the video. You can also follow me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please give me a rating, give me a review. Today we have lots of hot topics, mainly from a UK perspective of what's been going on in the space. We talk about the latest transgender guidelines for schools released by the government and some very odd journal entries from Hunter Schaefer, star of Euphoria and The Hunger Games that was posted on Instagram. Today, I'm joined by a very wonderful transgender woman, Brianna Ivey. You may be familiar with her already. She's been very honestly and authentically sharing her story online recently of her transition as a minor. She also has a YouTube channel where she has been discussing many topics related to trans discourse. I absolutely love her and I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, Brianna Ivy, the elusive Brianna Ivy, welcome to, this is episode two of the Jack Jewel podcast. So I have just recently started this and I am very, very pleased to have you on. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Guys, whoever is not aware of Brianna Ivy, and I'm sure m most of you are, and if not, what are you doing? Go check out her channel. I'm going to link it below in the description. You've been doing so awesome on your channel, covering so many interesting topics. You started off with your you know, transition story, obviously, and everything that happened with your surgery, but I've been absolutely loving your content. It's, it's so great to have another voice like yours in the space, I think. You come across so articulate, well-versed, you know, you do your research and just a very balanced, sensible view. And, you know, we really need more of that. So what's it been like since you kind of came public with your story and entered this space? It's definitely, it was like jumping like headfirst into something I didn't even fully understand. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, it kind of just catapulted from talking to Buck and then talking to Candace and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And I had a ton of people asking me to do different things. Um, I even had people on like a really large scale ask me to do things. I just had to take more time and think about it. And so I kind of decided there that I wanted to make my own sort of content. And because one, I had so many people, cause I was, that was never even my intention was to start making like videos or like start doing or really, really be involved in the conversation. Um, it was more so I was, was just kind of talking to a few people, people started. And then that, that was how Candace asked me to do an interview. And then I realized that people had so many questions for me um, and yeah. people just were flooding my phone and they still do. And so I was like, well, I think that it would be amazing for me to really address it myself rather than just telling the story and then letting people create their own story mm. off of that and kind of interpret it in a million different ways. I wanted to try and control it as much as I can, because I see that a lot with people that tell those kind of stories, that it can kind of get used in a million different ways, whether they want it to be or not. And so I wanted to have as much control over it as possible. 
and people just had questions. So I decided to kind of take control of that and tell it my own way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to link a few of your um, interviews below. So you did one with Candace Owens that has over 1 million views, which is insane. Well, Angel, you were on with Ariel Scarcella. Yeah. Lots of big names in the space. Um, um, Marcus, too. Mark- oh, Marcus Dib. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah I love him. Um, yeah, me too. And one thing I kind of think about when I see stuff like this happen is, what's it like for you in, in terms of kind of protecting yourself? And like, does any aspect of the whole journey feel like everyone kind of wants a piece of you and, you know, to sort of platform that story, like, for personal reasons? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's definitely an element to it. And I've become a little bit more conscious of that. And so I that that was when I realized, um, and I actually had a conversation with someone, um, Shapeshifter. Have you heard of them? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. yeah. Shapeshifter and I talked about that in private and just, they really gave me good advice about just being aware of that, um, that yeah. people are really going to want a piece of that story to fits a lot of people's ideas and things that they push. And luckily, everybody I've talked to, I adore and have been amazing. But that, that I've definitely felt that at times. Um, and I've especially I've seen the seen my story referenced after conversations with people in a way that isn't fully accurate. And so that that was when I really decided I need to really start speaking about this from my own self to make sure that when people go to look for me, that they will find material that is also directly from me, so yeah. that they can get a better understanding of exactly why I told this story and what I mean by certain things because people have interpreted a million different ways why I've told it. Mm. And so I wanted to be in control of that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's such a great decision. And from the conservative angle, I guess, cause your story is, you know, wild and you know, it's, it's extreme, right. In terms of other stories I've heard. So, you know, you're right. I mean, that some of them will jump on that as a, see, look, this happens. You know, if we let kids the minors transition, mm-hmm. but obviously every story is different. Um, people have different opinions on this, and you know, some of the some of the stories we talk about today will sort of be in that arena. So I'm really interested to hear mm-hmm. your take on them as well. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. And before we get started, uh, you know, I've noticed in a lot of your pictures, and you know, you seem to be a huge Ariana Grande fan. You, yes. you even have a photo where you look like her. So tell me a bit about that. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, she's one of my favorite artists of all time. And she was a really big source of like, more so style inspiration, um, especially. um, And I think that just I think that goes to show just like, how we absorb influences, because I wasn't even I I didn't even perceive that, especially because I remember that shoe. I know which one you're referencing. And I look at it now. And I'm like, it's so clear, like to see the fashion influence and the style influence pop up. And so, yeah, she's actually met her back in 2014, like a really long time ago. I met her in Detroit Um, because I happened to be there and I was already a big fan. And I saw that like she was doing a concert there and she was going to meet fans outside. I heard that. And so I was like, might as well go and try and let's see. Um, And she did. She came out and she talked to us and I got to talk to her um, and it was so nice. It was amazing. So, yeah, ever since then, I was like, you you got me for life, girl. So. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really had to look at that picture because I thought I I, lit- I literally thought it was her. So definitely, you got that profile going. I'd be a bit of a doppelganger, and yeah. And, and another thing I noticed is that in the couple of months, a few months you've been online, your hair color seems to 
you know, change quite quickly. But at the same time, it looks super healthy and glossy. So what are your secrets behind that? My secrets is um, it, it don't grow out of my head. That's my secret. Uh, yeah, this is not my real hair. Mm-mm. Actually, the fun reason a lot of people don't realize. So like, it's not even like, because obviously trans people wear wigs, right? But it's not even for like the traditional reason of like, I don't have hair. It's because <laughs> I'm biracial. And so I have very coarse, I have very curly hair naturally. Yeah, uh, And so- it, and I like to change the color a lot. I change the length a lot, the style, um, especially because when I started modeling, that was a big thing. People wanted specific looks. Like I remember I did a runway show and they wanted pastel blue. They wanted my hair to be pastel blue. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing that to my natural hair. So mm. I'm going to, I'm just going to wear fake hair. And, and then I, after, ever since I started doing it for like those reasons, I do it all the time now because I love yeah. it. Your natural hair really short. No, it's like medium length, probably about here. Okay. I just keep it like braided, wow. especially because it's super curly. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm sure some of the watchers will think that I'm really dumb because <laughs> I can be very ignorant to like women's fashion and like, you know, styling and stuff. So, um, but it looks super real and looks great right now. When are you going to yeah. change it next? Ooh, I'm thinking about going a little bit more silver, a little bit more silvery. I've noticed mm. I like that kind of look with like, especially because I have more like tannish olive skin. Yeah. So I kind of, like I noticed like the silver and like the the whiter tones actually look pretty good. Mm. And so I thought about leaning into that a little bit more. So that'll be the 2024 look. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. Everybody. I'm sure. I'm sure you could rock any look. I also love the red. The red. Everybody loves the red, and I love yeah. the red hair too. So I'll do that again. Yeah, that was very girl next door vibes to me. Yeah. Oh, that's a cute vibe. I fuck with that. Yeah. Okay, Brianna. So topic number one, I've called man in a wig so in the uk this is rachel mclean she is deputy chair for women in the conservative party who are um the dominant social um political party in the uk at the moment she um, shared a post on x or twitter where she describes miss polton as this says here so this person is a minister of the green party and mm-hmm. the party, you know, their their kind of main mantra is around, you know, environmentalism. But like lots of movements and institutions, they've been the most captured by the kind of woke wokeness. And there are quite a few trans, and I'm going to say that with uh, quotations, but trans that means now right? <laughs> within the party that I'm going to get your own take on that, but. Um, they're also pro, you know, gender self ID. Like we don't have that in this country and it's being pushed back on. Rachel McLean described this person as a man who wears a wig and calls himself a proud lesbian. She added her own comment afterwards after receiving complete backlash, Twitter mob, you know, the drill. And she did actually didn't apologize for this, even though there were rumors she did, but she said, while the greens don't know what a woman is, my Worcester neighbors the people of Bondsgrove certainly do. She was kind of speaking of the people from her constituency there. Obviously, what we see a lot of the time is someone comes out with, you know, a pretty based thing, whether you think this is or not, you know, open to interpretation. But um, mm-hmm. she said, while she didn't, you know, mean any offense, she won't apologize. She said, I have not and will not apologize for my comments relating to the Green Party's extreme policies on gender and gender self-ID ideology. So mm-hmm. what are your takes on this? Okay. First thing is I also be careful because one one thing I notice is like I think we can get caught up, especially like on the right side, where we can like 
poke fun at the way people look, right? Like we like it looks ridiculous. Like let it's uh, sweetie, it's not the best look. It's not. I'm sorry, but I didn't make I like that's not my fault. However, I think sometimes let's also be conscious of we pick on adults that very clearly are in transition, but then what do you think kids are going to interpret that as? It's going to want them to transition younger. So I bring that up because that happened to me when I was transitioning at 13. I saw a lot of adults online miserable because they looked androgynous and it was obvious that they were trans. And so then as a kid, I felt a lot of urgency to transition and look good. So I want us to sometimes be a little bit careful of that because it can contradict our, it can contradict our values in terms of wanting to make sure that kids are safe. Sure. My thing though, is when with trans people, we need to knock it off with this. Like what is wrong with us just saying that we're trans women? I think we would see so much less pushback because another thing I'm very conscious of is like, I am a trans woman. We know what that means. And there's no way for people to twist that and whatever. People can disagree and they can say I'm a man or they can say I'm a woman. I don't care. But at the end of the day, you can't say I'm not a trans woman. So that's what frustrates me more, especially on the activist side, is that one, I just don't understand why they refuse to do that. I think it's because they see it as a way of like invalidating them or making them beneath men and women. And that's not what it is. That just shows you that you still hold a negative perception of what being trans is. And being a trans person means you are beneath biological men and women. No, we're just different kinds of people. We're different kinds of people. But when you try and assert that we are parallel to biological women, no, we're not. We have different bodies, different needs. We develop differently. And I think that that should be recognized. And so that's why I get frustrated with this shit. Because I are you or like, for example, there was another story, like not to like deviate from this, but there was a story recently. I watched a video of some activists saying that like gender, like gelated surgeries make trans women into biological women. She said that when she was like speaking about a law or something. And I was like, are you slow? Like this is the whole, this is the one of the biggest reasons why I'm so upset with our activism. Because what are you guys saying? You guys are not even on the same page about things and it's inaccurate. We are changing the appearance of our sex characteristics, but we're not changing our biological sex. But they keep pushing that through their language. And that's why people are like, you guys are dead. Like you guys are obviously like not all the way there mentally. And it's just like knock it off like w- like i just that people would have so much more respect if we were like we're trans women we don't need to be we don't need to be men or women like what if you guys like we all know what our biological sex is like you know what that is if you say you're a trans woman yeah so uh, i think yeah. that if we i think that if we really prop that up with our language we would see a much better reception to the way that we to the way that we're perceived but when we have this like of course people are like no no you know, I really agree. And I think, I mean, what I see, the whole trans women are win- women, no debate movement. I think a lot of that comes from this risk of, you know, tra- these these activists want to make sure that, you know, they're, they're getting access to certain spaces and, you know, yeah. women's shelters, prisons. And in order for that to happen, they have to be seen as women. It has to be trans women are women. Yeah. Otherwise, all of that starts falling apart. But I think, just like you said, if the energy was put into acknowledging that you have your own lane, we can work towards creating that lane. And if, if our, 
you know, certain needs um, that the community needs. Um, even when it comes to the bathroom debate, like I know that that's not really solvable because if you walk into a bathroom, no, no one's going to think otherwise, you know, because you're nothing. Yeah. And unfortunately, it does sort of come down to possibility. You know, if this person, yeah. audio listeners, check check out the video because the picture sort of speaks for itself. But if this person walks into a women's changing room, you know, it's obviously going to have a very different outcome. And that is just a fact of life. You know, it, it's for some people that that's the case. But I think also something I noticed, and I know you've covered autogynephilia on your and you said that you might do another video on that. It's something that I'm very interested in. I've, I've read quite a few books, you know, describing the science behind it. And I will be interviewing someone who, you know, has that, but has not transitioned, which will be quite interesting. Um, but the sort of, I mean, so with the kind of two main types, you know, you often have, you know, young boys that are gender dysphoric from a very young age, which, you know, if I'm interpreting correctly, would have been you, right? Yeah, I had that first thought at like, seven when boys and girls would line up in school and I would always go to the girls line yeah 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 and they're always attracted to men but then the other always, type, yeah. they tend to transition later in life so you see a lot of men leaving their wives and families to kind of become women you know 40s 50s and they typically don't start having these feelings until at least adolescence when they become sexually active so it's really hard for me to see this person and there's another person in the green party who is literally just a cross-dresser like they don't be trying to appear like a woman they it's very much a sort of kinky look and I can't help but have a very strong inclination that this person you know has AGP I guess I can't say for sure but when when you have a trans you know all these trans trans women saying that they're lesbians you know also trying to jump into the lesbian community instead of creating their own lane, but all of them claiming to be lesbians. And I think a lot of the rhetoric of trans women saying we get periods and just like you said, <laughs> we can get turned into biological women. Honey, I think when they say that shit, I'm like, baby from where? Because <laughs> exactly. if it's coming out of where it could come from, that's not a period. That's like you need severe medical attention. People get so mad at that and they think, oh my God, they actually believe that they're getting a period. But one of the there's different kind of types of autogynephilia. Some are just in, some are more into you know the cross dressing and the, the clothing, but some of them are very into the idea of having women's bodily functions. So lactating, getting your period, giving birth, and I think they know they are not getting cramps or getting periods, but they get off on the fact of telling people they are, they have, and I think people misinterpret it because they think. <clears throat> oh my God, they actually believe they get periods. But it's like, no, honey, they're getting their rocks off by saying this, which is equally as bad and crazy, I think. Yeah, I think it's like a fantasy thing. Like it's a, it, it's a fantasy of, and it's hard. It's, it's because I'm still trying to understand because there's just so much conflicting information about it. And myself, on because one of, because sometimes it can be hard for even me to differentiate. Like, because... If like, like, let's say that I think about me having sex as a woman, there could be an argument there that that's AGP. But I think what we're seeing with like this very, it's just like it radiates kink. You know what I mean? Like, I think we all know when like things go from like being, that's like to like trans behavior to like, it just becomes really odd. And then 
I get mad because I think the trans community will excuse it sometimes and say it's trolling or it's like they're joking. Like that was a big pushback with my video is that they were like, you're, you're picking and choosing things that are obviously trolling. And I'm like, well, let's look at the bigger picture here because look at all of their post history. Like look at the way that these people communicate. Like if you go to a trans Reddit and trans Reddit's already a shit show, but if you go to a trans Reddit and then you go to a specific AGP Reddit's, there's a very difference. There's a huge difference in the language. Yeah. And like it's it's like a kink language that's going on mostly in those kind of forums, right? Mm-hmm. And euphoria so boners. yeah, like euphoria boners and like talking about like breastfeeding and like periods and like that that goes to show me like what happens when we don't just emphasize that trans women are women and we are who we are and that we are born with the biological male. We are born as biological men, but we exist in a different way. We change our appearance. We do things in a certain way. And I get a little frustrated because it's people that it's so complicated for me. It's so complicated because I'm not going to sit up here and dictate who's trans and who's not because I don't know these people. But at the same time, I just, when it comes to being trans, okay, this is a good way to put it. We are a very small group of people. So as a trans person, whether you like it or not, you are representing all of us. When I make a video about something, I am kind of speaking for trans people in a way. Whether I like it or not, we are such a small group of people that that's going to happen. That doesn't just happen with trans people, though. That happens with racial minorities all the time. Like people, like something happens with a racial group and they're like, look at this culture. They, they culture of this or like, look at these people are inclined to do this. That's just part of, that's just part of existing in a small population of, of a type of person. And so when y'all are doing this on such a large, on such a large scale, and especially in this case, those kind of behaviors, like, what are you doing? You do, do you not, or do you not recognize that you are looking at you and you are representing all of us. And so when you guys engage in this kind of behavior and it picks up attention, can you guys, like, why are you guys not conscious of that? Like, why are yeah. you guys not conscious of that? Whether you like it or not, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but you all have set an example for all of trans people because we are that small of a group. Totally. So why can you, why is why are you guys allergic to just acting correct and acting normal? And then on top of that, you push back and then they, they start being disrespectful about women. And like, it's just, and, and that's my biggest thing. It's just that like, they'll shut down because as a trans woman, we need to, obviously we should be listening to women. Like we're trying to be, we're, we're trying to be women. Like we're transitioning into women. We should, we shouldn't just dismiss those concerns. Like I'm sh- like, yes, we can agree and disagree on things, but at the end of the day, as a trans woman being so dismissive and very, and engaging in like fetishizing behavior of some very specific female functions. Do you not see how that's going to look on a bigger scale? Whether you like it or not, whether you're trolling or not, you represent all trans people. It's just part of it. Yeah, I guess. And when you think about it, if, if an erotic inclination and sort of this type of, you know, some describe it as a sort of orientation, but if that can go so far to take over your life that you need to transition, then you can sort of save sort of lost touch on like what is appropriate and what's not because yeah, yeah I think it's insane. But according to Ray Blanchard, like you, you said that you, it's hard to distinguish the two. According to him, if you are attracted to men, you know, you sit in the category that you would, but then for all the mm-hmm. rest who are bisexual, or lesbian, 
they, you know, they would be in the AGP sphere. And, you know, he's done years and years of research on this, but of course, activists will just say it's bogus without any argument yeah. as to why. So I'm not here to say that he's correct and that's the only way to yeah because yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff about it but yeah but i think also when you said you know if i imagine myself having sex you know you, you might get aroused is, is that what you said yeah yeah like if i were to imagine myself having sex in like a cis female body mm. but you see i would oh right i see what you mean but i guess the difference is like are you attracted to yourself you know or are you no. yeah so that's that's yeah. the difference you know they, they've like surveys which are very biased to try and prove oh like women have these inclinations too but you know if a woman is preparing for a date and you know getting primmed up and everything and then is thinking about the prospect of having sex with someone then it's perfectly reasonable why they would get aroused but they're not getting aroused by the thought of putting on you know sexy underwear on themselves yeah. and like i think yeah. yeah and the thing that really gets me though is like you'll see them dismiss it right and i think that there are valid critiques of ray blanchard's work sure there definitely are however there's quite a large community of people online that identify as agp and are like hyper aware of it mm -hmm. so what about them they just made that shit up too yeah like i mean there's a whole reddit that like, there was a whole reddit i went to that like for that video like, so what? They just made that up? Like, what do you mean? And and they all have a lot in common in terms of their, their thought processes mm -hmm. and, what, and what's going on mentally for them. And I think the biggest argument I've seen is like, well, they should have access to hormones because the estrogen will lower their, their sex drive. Maybe this is back to why, my, if there's one thing I'm going to stand for, we need like mandated therapy if you're going to transition. I agree. Like, yeah. and, and it makes me sad that it's not. I know it wasn't for me. I, it never was, um, and it should be, because I think that that would really determine if this is the right outcome, if it's going to achieve the right outcome for you, if you go on hormones, mm -hmm. because because it only furthers enables really that kind of autogynephilic behavior, then is it really going to, to benefit you? Yeah. Is it really going to truly benefit you? And I think this, the, man, the mandated therapy would really help actually determine who absolutely needs medical transition and or else or who else needs maybe an alternative route of treatment yeah because what's happening is all these people are doing it and it reflects badly on all of us transitioning mm -hmm. it, it it looks to the greater public like look at what happens when with all these people transitioning mm -hmm. and look at what some of them are doing so maybe we should take a look and see if we should stop it for everybody and yeah, so that just go that just that that goes to a whole other issue of just the way that we have access to transition for people. And I'm not, and I never said that it should be taken away. Yeah. Absolutely not. It saved my life. But at the same time, we need more safeguards in place because yeah, gatekeeping is this shit thing. keeps happening. Like these, this shit keeps happening, and then activists want to act like there's like there's no validity in talking about it. Like in my video, they just they dismissed every every argument i made because they're like it's just trolling people are trolling online i'm like these people aren't like not everything is fucking trolling like yeah. just because you don't like what i have to say about it doesn't mean it's trolling and why why would you go to like a reddit that is specifically for agp people in which you know it's not like just your average person is going to go to that to like learn about trans people right you know? it's literally like thousands of people it's thousands of people on a reddit and they're all talking about how it's consuming their life yeah 
It's consuming their life. I talked about that in my video. I was like, there's literally here where these people are having breakdowns on this Reddit thread. Yeah. Saying that it consumes their life and they can't stop thinking about it. So like thousands of people on Reddit are just trolling. I mean, yeah, it's it's Reddit, but at the same time, like, let's at least think a little bit. Mm. Like, and these are people that are self-identifying as HEP. Yeah. So like they're all just trolling, but yet they all share the same idea and it's all just one big troll game. Like, I just hate that argument of shutting down any conversation about it. Because, yeah. yeah, there are flaws in the research about it, but that doesn't mean it's not a valid conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Phil Illy, I don't know if you know him, but he wrote a book on it. And I think the the research suggests that it exhibits behaviors of a sexual orientation rather than just a fetish because, you know, it attraction towards yourself, which is very odd. But yeah. then a lot of them kind of talk about how it moves past a stage of kind of hyper arousal to more feeling like it's a relationship, which is totally bizarre. But, you know, for him, he hasn't transitioned. And, you know, the quotes turf, you know, even though I don't really use that term, but they like Oof. the gender critical people, feminists will, mm -hmm. will disregard the, they think the sexual orientation is a way of like sanitizing it. But, mm -hmm. um, and they will say it's only a fetish. But I think, like, I'm not sure, I can't see any reason why he would lie about that when he hasn't even transitioned, you know? It's not like it's... Right. You know? Um, or even I, there's a guy, like, I don't even like him, but there's a guy on YouTube that identified, like, he detransitioned and now right. says that yeah. I only transitioned. Yeah, because, like, I'm an autogynophile and now he talks about it and stuff. But yeah. even regardless of our disagreements, like, so what, he's trolling? He just made that up? Like, why did, like, like, why is there no validity with activism and discussing what makes him believe that he, like, so that's why I'm like, you guys can't just shut, shut it all down because you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I agree with the therapy point as well, because the thing about this is too, it's, you know, a, a lot of these boys, like as teenagers start developing these feelings and they have so much shame and guilt over it. And some of them like transition, they don't, they're even aware that the main motives behind it are sort of erotic they, they feel like oh my god this is what being trans is like so if we had that therapy really? and people could identify people with this you know inclination and help them understand it and help them learn how they don't have to suppress it but can find ways to incorporate it into their private life or you know even be slightly gender non-conforming as a man you know there have been people who've said if i was given a better understanding of this and how to manage it then i wouldn't have necessarily had to like get surgery you know, leave my wife, you know, change my whole life. So I think, I think raising awareness on it can only really do good in that sense. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's why, like, I've never even said that, like, transition, like medical transition should be taken from minors. Because one, I, I did as a minor, and it benefited me. And, mm -hmm. but, but I will always stand for the fact that what I should have had was mandated therapy, significant yeah. before I started and while I was doing because I didn't. Like I had 30 minutes and then I had my hormone, I had my blockers and my hormones. And even though, thank God, it worked in my favor. Yeah. Like they was ready to, they, they, they had, they was filling up the syringe, like while we were answering questions, like, but, Gosh. but that just, but like, I've learned from that though, that it would have still benefited me because like to have that therapy, because even three years into being on hormones, I was still unhappy. Even having surgery done, I was still unhappy. And luckily now, as I've gotten older, I've worked on a lot of those mental health struggles, but I, I was relying on the transition to try and fix it because I thought that that's what the problem was. I wasn't transitioning enough. Okay. I've been on hormones, but I still don't feel like it's enough. Why mm -hmm. am I unhappy? 
I need yeah. to have surgeries done. And that's why I just think like, you cannot deny that in the entire LGBT community, but especially the trans community, there's a lot of mental health problems. We have a lot of mental health struggle. And so why is it that we're, why is it that the approach, because I don't think that it's wrong to give people transition medication, but at the same time, you're still neglecting a major part of transitioning. And that's the psychotherapy that we need while you're going through such an intense life-changing process. Yeah. If you even should. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, you know, it's explaining to them that if you make this decision, you know, you're medicalized for life, you'll be taking all this medication, complications, but also, you know, not setting them up with a false promise that if you do this, all of society will accept you as, you know, a right. woman or a man. And that possibility, unfortunately, comes into play. So that can be very distressing for someone who doesn't pass going out worrying about that every day. And it's like, which is more distressing for them. But on that note, are you aware of Hunter Schaefer, who was in the recent- Yes, from Euphoria. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she recently posted on Instagram, this image of a journal she had, you know, before she transitioned. Ooh. And it's sort of a lot of the motives behind it and her kind of figuring out her, you know, gender identity. But she got so much backlash that she removed it. So let's have a look at some of the stuff on this. So she said, to be consumed, my sexual orientation was not gay. It was not straight, nor pan. It was an attraction, is an attraction to misogyny. My gender was so influenced by a need to be used by men. And then she has this sort of flow chart of saying how she, you know, how she started as a straight boy to a gay boy to a straight woman gay woman and now queer and talking a lot about how she wants to be, you know, she loves the idea of, you know, being abused, being used. She says, the act of eating, of consumption, talking about that um, by someone and sort of being debased as a woman, I guess. So, but she, she kind of willingly posted this saying, things I've been thinking about Maps I have made, my work bridging 2017 to 2018, thinking about how we are supposed to know if dysphoria is real when we are actually just products of our environments which are infected by trans misogyny, racism, binaries, ableism. I mean, I can't even really make sense of this, but I think that she's kind of yeah. saying that her, her ambition to be abused and be, you know, in a place of experiencing misogyny is sort of because of society but again we kind of Girl. have this this like i don't want to i don't want to enforce it upon her but that is a big flag as well among them is like they like the idea of sort of being being abused and like de debased and ridiculed by men yeah like i saw like look <laughs> what did i say about us needing therapy like you need a therapist like we need a damn therapist because like this, this is, we'll acknowledge this. And I think I've talked about it once, but this is common though with trans women, this idea of like, because if I, to, I think I'm going to try and like lean into it a little bit to try and understand mm. where she's coming from. Because I can see the connection she's making between like being used by men to validate her, like as a woman, mm -hmm. like if if the men have that desire of you, is that does, like in, in their in her brain? I can see that being interpreted as like they're seeing me as a woman. However, this is disturbing. Like, and at the same time, with what's going on with trans people, why are you putting this out there? Yeah. Why would you put this out here? Why would you make it look like you were fetishizing being sexually assaulted? Like, are you are insane right now? 
a little bit. Like this, and that's, it goes also to what I was saying about all of us do represent all of us. Each individual trans person, whether we want to or not, we are such a small group of people that have been amplified in the media to make it seem like everybody and their moms going trans. And so now we're all a walking, living example of trans people. Mm -hmm. And so why the fuck, especially you as Hunter Schaefer, who's a platform, would put this up? We'll put this up and make us all look fucking psychotic and make it all look like we're dreaming about being assaulted because it's going to make us feel like a woman. Are you insane? Are you insane? Maybe a little bit. Call, call. We need a psych, we need a psychiatrist ASAP. Like this is, so it goes to show you that like trans people need mental health care. It should be mandated if you're going to transition because this, this is very common thing. Cause I've talked about how like at my, like earlier when I was a teenager starting to pass in society and like in high school, like I just wanted straight men to like me mm. because if I, I like if straight men had a crush on me or were attracted to me, then that meant I, I was a woman. Yeah. And so I can kind of understand that maybe this is like an extreme way mm. of that thought mm-hmm. of like the, you feeling validated as a trans woman coming from how men perceive you. But this is like to the extreme of that. This is like to the need psychiatric intervention extreme of that. And no, baby, no, don't post that. Trans women, don't post this shit. I'm serious. Stop posting this shit. You're making us look in, you are making us look demonic to people. (laughs) And now you wonder why people think we're fucking fucking predators. Because I'm not going to sit up here and say like, because I think that that's what this is. This is like an extreme form of like the very young trans girls going through that phase of like, they just want straight men to think they're cute because then Uh that means that they think they're a woman. Yeah, but this is like to the next level. Like this is beyond what's even like I can even I can even make excuses for. Like I can make excuses for a sixteen year old trans girl that that just wants straight boys to like her. I get it. We all been there. Sure. But like this, ma'am, no, no, baby. Like yeah. at some point we have to say enough. Like why would you think to post this? Because it's so f- disturbing. <laughs> it's what is it? Your gender was so influenced to be used by men, ma'am. Ma'am, don't say that. Why would you say that as a trans woman? I think, obviously, this has been on screen a while, so people will have kind of read through some of this. But for anyone listening, you know, it sort of looks like... Um, it sort of looks like at the scene of the a scene of a crime, or they find some sort of... I know. Like, serious... It's given Zodiac Killer. Like, what is this? Yeah, they, they find, like, a serial killer's, like, lair where they sort of, you know, lived for years in isolation before, like kind of losing control and that they find this kind of stuff and look i mean we can all get creative in our in in doing stuff like journaling and kind of have crazy ideas and you know when it comes to sex there's no shame around being submissive and you know i think a lot of people can relate to that but it it is a bit odd to say that you know it's like from misogyny like i don't know yeah is is that for sure and like and like, and that's, and, and this is where I think that it really fucked me because I obviously like, there's nothing wrong with being submissive, having that kind of like desire sexually, right. Being used. Even I can excuse that. I can understand what you mean sexually. Yeah. Yeah. But to say right there, my gender was so influenced by a need to be used by men to say that you wanted to be a woman to be used by men. That's where you're losing me. Mm. That's where you're losing me, girl. Like, if you would have made that differentiation that this is, like, 
like to say that you're like you're implying that your transition was influenced like and was designed and formed in your mind by the need to be used by men you're implying like i i i can't i'm I'm even struggling to figure out what you're trying to say here like i'm struggling to understand what it is she's trying to communicate because i don't even think she knows it kind of looks like some like Tim Burton kind of gone absolutely wild on steroids script. Like, um, girl. And, you know, if I'm interpreting it correctly, she's sort of blaming all of these thoughts on, you know, misogyny and stuff within society. Trans misogyny. Yeah. But what is that? <laughs> on that strange note, this is Kemi Badenoch, who, and so she's the Minister for Women and Equalities. And according to the Telegraph, she was seen doing her job effectively in the House of Commons yesterday. So this is a, a week or so back, reminding Parliament that Stonewall does not decide the law in this country. She committed to reframing the debate of so-called gender-affirming care for children. She also pledged to prevent schools from socially transitioning primary school-aged children unless medical advice dictated otherwise. Honey. We are seeing, I would say, almost an epidemic of young gay children, young gay children being told that they are trans and being put on a medical pathway for irreversible decisions and they are regretting it. That is what I'm doing for, for, for young LGBT children. I am making sure, I am making sure that young people do not find themselves sterilized because they are being, because they are being exploited by people who do not understand what these issues are. My thoughts on that are what I, what I really think is also being erased is gender non-conforming people. And I blame all sides for that because like I kind of touched on earlier, that's why I push back on like people always picking on the trans people that are adults mm-hmm. and look like trans people because aren't they doing what you want? Aren't they waiting till they're adults to transition? Mm-hmm. Like, and so now you're bullying them just because you don't think, just because you think they're ugly. Like, so what do you think kids are going to interpret that as? They're going to say, well, shit, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live with people making fun of me every day. And so that, like, I think that that's a, not only like the gay side of it, but I think that that's why we need the therapy is because we need to, because there are a lot, I think a lot of people that would be happy just gender nonconforming and being gay yeah, or present like, like, and that's something that like, I don't regret transitioning at all, but I always recognize there's a possibility that if I had really gone through thorough therapy, what if I had lived as a gay man that was just really feminine? Like, I know gay men that do their nails and, like, do makeup and hair and all kinds of stuff. Like, and so I think for us to automatically assume that to be trans, we're running into this risk. You're, we're running into this risk where it seems like now we're overusing these medications that are important for a lot of people. And it's just painting a bad light on all of it when it just seems like that's the only solution when I don't think it is. Like, just because it is a solution and is a good one for the right people that doesn't mean it's right for everybody. That doesn't mean that it that need to be handed out immediately. Yeah. And so I get I I I understand exactly where she's coming from for sure. Yeah, and I think it's just so important with the conversation to acknowledge that that won't, you know, if if society accepts you as gender nonconforming completely, which you know, will that ever happen because we live no. we live in a heteronormative world and that's just how it is. Most people are straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand, like, there's, there's this whole argument of, like, where does the gender dysphoria come from? Because if someone feels so feminine and wants to do all the feminine things, express themselves in, in the feminine ways, and it's just impossible for them to live in that space without having the female body, is it like, does that spur on 
kind of hatred of your body for some people, like, you know, feeling so dysphoric about your body as well. Like I, I have no idea, you know, it's so hard to understand yeah. the complexities behind the biology and society and, you know, right. body, it, it's mm. so complex, but I also acknowledge, and this is something I'm so passionate about. And people have asked me like, why are you talking about this stuff? Like, you know, I've lost some friends because of it. And as long as there's a risk that people like me, like gay kids, and I was very gender non-conforming as a kid, always wanted to do all the girls things. All my friends were girls, you know, the list goes on. But as long as there are kids being put rushed through a pathway of having two appointments or, you know, sometimes less, who would otherwise grow up to be healthy gay adults, then I, I advocate for them. And it doesn't mean that I'm saying, oh, no one should transition. People should just live as gay men and lesbians because it's so much more complicated than that. I can see that there are so yeah. many people who benefit from trans transition, are happy, and I support both sides, but I can see what she means. And, you know, the, the clean London has been shut down. And now I think you have to be 16, like minimum to go on puberty blockers or anything like that. And honestly, I think it's sort of the best solution at the moment because th th there's been too many lawsuits of people who've been irreversibly damaged. And it's a tricky one, I think. Right. And I think that I think that's that's the consequence of just irresponsible ad advocacy. Mm -hmm. And because, and that's where like it goes wrong because advocating for gay rights is way different than trans people. Yeah, trans being gender dysphoria is so complex, and we're still do not have a full grasp on it. Mm -hmm. Like even I don't even have a grasp on my own gender dysphoria. I don't know exactly if was I born with it because I was having those kind of thoughts, but it didn't really kick off until a couple years into my development, and I had actually had a lot of really negative experiences with men and boys in my childhood. And so a complicated way that it can arise. And I think that's that goes back to, and I'm gonna preach it again, like why we need so much therapy is to fully unpack what it is that each individual child will need mm -hmm. rather than just like, okay, here's the roadmap. If you have any sort of one of these thoughts, then boom, here's each step you're gonna take. I don't think it's effective. And that's why you're seeing this pushback because now you're having people come forward and say, this wasn't the right thing for me to do. And it's painting a bad light on the entire and the, on the entirety of transition. Yeah. And so, so did, did you experience bullying as a, you know, a kid in school, like for, for your, all your gender nonconforming inclinations? Extremely. Yeah. Like it, it, it was horrifically like from family, from school, it was bad. And then it, like, it was even beyond just like normal bullying. Like there was some really severe experiences. And so. Like, and so I often have reflected and I've wrote about it, but like, I can never give a concrete answer because I don't know, mm -hmm. but it's, it like, I definitely believe it was a factor in my gender dysphoria, like really kicking off and like really setting in when I was around, when I was around 12 is when I came to that realization I wanted to transition. And there's just so many, like, it's just such a unique, complex experience. And when we don't, and when even, and when activists because even activists don't fully understand it. And so when you advocate for something, you don't allow for questions. You don't allow for people to say, look, we don't need to fully understand it, but just can we work on some tolerance? Can we also work on putting some safety in place for people that transition to make sure that this is what they need? Yeah. I think that that would be such a much better approach, but the way it's going right now, like that's why we're seeing this now, because it looks like the gender affirm, like just everybody gets affirmed right away. It's, I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're trying to say that it's just the same thing as being gay. Like, you know, you can't, if someone comes out as gay, you can't convert them, which is true. Like, you know, history right. has proven yeah. that. But it's, you, when making the decision to change your body is, it, it's more to right. lose. It's a whole different world. It is. Yeah. yeah. And like, like, and kind of like, I think like being touched on was like when people don't, don't want gay. And I felt that, like, I didn't want to be a gay man. I wanted to be a girl. Yeah. And but at the same time, like, I don't think we're telling these people that's not going to make your life inherently better, like the evading being gay part. Like, it's going to make your life harder being trans, my love. Yeah. Like, and that just goes to show you, like, why I think that therapy is so important to determine if what if being gay and gender nonconforming is the right for, for you? Are you fully aware of how difficult your life's going to be starting a transition, how you won't be able to have children? It's, it's going to be a lot harder for you. Yeah. just in daily life it's being trans is one of the hardest experiences like in terms of living yeah like in society being a trans person it's way harder than being gay and lesbian and so i just and i'm not trying to play like who has it worse no, like no, it's no. just more so like that's just how it is like you have like i think in society and culture so much time has passed that society has really turned in favor towards like whether people accept it or not it's a lot more they're a lot more tolerant yeah of lesbian, gay, and bisexual people. Because I think it's easier to digest. It's easier to understand. With trans people, it is beyond complex, mm -hmm. beyond like any other sort of living experience. And so to, like when you see some of this advocacy, it can it look at it being interpreted as, well, people will like me more if I'm just a heterosexual other gender rather than being gay and my gender. Yeah. I'm and like, no, so that's not gonna be easier. That's not, that's, who said that was gonna be easier, babe? It's going to be harder. Being a trans person is hard. You have to deal with a lot of medicalization. There's a lot you have to go through. And then hormones can only go so far. Like if you're really set on using passing as a way to get out of that, transition is work. That's what I think that we're not telling people. Transition is work. Because using it to try and escape being gay and you want to pass as the other gender, that takes surgery and mm -hmm. hormones and a lot of stuff. So it's not inherently going to be easier. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, and past mm -hmm. the, the past studies did, and uh, trans activists will also just say these are bogus. But you know, for a lot of kids that were given therapy and they sort of watchfully waited them, a lot, a lot of them would grow up to be gay and lesbian. And even mm -hmm. myself, I mean, so my theory, and I've no idea if this is correct, but from stuff I've read, it's like, you know, there there have been studies that show the homosexual brain compared to the straight brain of like structurally and like you see mm -hmm. people will say gender is a social construct but then why do so many men so many boys and girls who are gay have no reason socially to be super effeminate or super masculine and they just are you know right. sexuality it's it but when they're that young when they're three years old you know they don't have they, they don't have attraction or sexual orientation but we see it time and time again and it's almost like when you end up being trans, it's like the brain is so feminized or it's like you're so far down that scale that it's impossible to function in society at feminine. You know, for me, it's like I have kind of a mix of like some feminine characteristics, but like largely present as a guy. So who knows if like that's sort of a big part of it. And even for me, reflecting on my childhood, like I don't know if you describe this as some gender dysphoria in, in scenarios, but... I like had this fear of other boys and I felt so alienated by them. If if I ever was put into a scenario of like a changing room or, you know, showers oh, and stuff, I was 
petrified and I was always so terrified of people, you know, if they ever saw me like naked or anything, that, that was my biggest fear. And I desperately wanted to be part of the girls. Like I remember in when I was in school, maybe like 11 years old, the girls all set up like stuff in their bathroom of like nice soaps and like treats and, you know, like different kind of glitzy stuff like that. And I was so jealous. I wanted to be a part of it. And because they were all my friends, I really felt you know, when the girls would break away and, you know, have sleepovers because it was just the girls, like I felt so left out and it was like my heart broke with that. So it caused me so much distress. You know, I also dreaded getting like body hair and facial hair. Like now, now I'm totally comfortable with all that, but it was stuff that, yeah, I really dreaded all that. And the idea of like rolling around in the mud with a guy or, you know, when guys would get that rough and tumble play, like I just felt it was too intimate for me. It was just like way too much. So yeah, I was out of your space. Yeah. I was out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, do you relate to that? What I just said? Oh yeah. Mm-mm. All that stuff. I was not doing it. Mm. Like I did not like being with other boys. Like I was always with girls. I was like hyper feminine all the way from being a little, little boy. Like, and, and just like you were saying, like, it wasn't like I, I, like, it wasn't like I was exposed to, like, oh, like, boys that are being feminine. Like, no, it was just in my behavior. Like, I only was close friends with girls. I, yeah. like, you just, you just know. You just know it's just innate in you and who you are as a person. And, but one thing I that really stuck out to me when you were saying that was, like, how you, you were really scared of, like, body hair development and all those kinds of things. But then you said now, like, you're comfortable in it. Yeah. And so... That's why I always see, I like every time I see this, like thoughts of like gender non-conforming or discomfort in gender when people are so young and they hop right into transition, that's where my belief on why there, it just needs to be a much more comprehensive process. Mm-hmm. Because what you, what can happen is like people, because once you, once you start on that hormone path, like there's only so far that you can, that you can really go back. Like the only time I think people can ever go back is if they're like fully sexually matured men that start yeah, like estrogen and they've been on it for maybe like a couple months, then yeah, you can go back. But anything under 18, you're never really going to go back. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show you like, and especially in that stage of your life, so much is changing. Your self-perception is changing so much. What you like and don't like changes so much about yourself and about the world. Like, so to prescribe something that will put them on a path for the rest of their life right away. I think that we, that, that should be a caution. Um, because I mean, just like you were talking about how you ended up growing into it yeah. and now you, you're so comfortable with those parts of yourself. But yeah, and I, for me, I, I mean, that never say, happened. Like, I wouldn't say that, you know, I guess I'm like careful about talking about it. Cause I don't want anyone to say like, Oh my God, you're trying to like claim that you had gender dysphoria like I think it's obviously a sliding scale like you know depression is a sliding scale yeah I mean it shows up in a lot of ways yeah don't it wasn't severe enough for me to ever kind of feel like oh my god my life would be so much easier if I just was a girl I just wanted to be in there I wanted to be in their world and doing their things and I remember I secretly used to watch America's Next Top Model um and like I mean I'm lucky that my parents never curbed my gender nonconformity. It was always just like, yeah. Um, I, I, it was me because I was obsessed with like the Victoria's Secret magazines, yeah. and it wasn't because I was attracted to them. It was because I thought that the clothes were cute and that they looked good. Like I was just obsessed with like the fashion of it and like the feminine clothing of it. It wasn't because I was like attracted to girls. 
But like as a little boy, I loved looking at like the Victoria's Secret, like the bras and underwear. Yeah. Because I was like, they're so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I think that goes to show you why gender dysphoria is so complex because how do you differentiate between like actually gender dysphoria of a teenager that needs to transition or if they're exhibiting really common feminine traits for gay men? Mm. Like, I think we have a concrete way of doing that. I don't think we do. And that's where I go back to advocating for, we need comprehensive therapy for people that are going to transition Mm -hmm. because- if you real like, cause what, cause if you can fully grow into that and that, oh, cause like I see gay men, like, I mean, look at a Jeffree Star, like, yeah, like truly gender nonconforming, but yet they're like, I'm a man. Yeah. I'm a gay man. Yeah. And so like at that point, I mean, if there's anybody to make a case for gender dysphoria, it really could be him, but he's not. Yeah. And so that just goes to show you that like, we're, we don't, it's, I think it's so hard to like fully understand. And I don't know if we ever will. And so that's just why we just have to be careful about the affirm everybody model, Mm -hmm. because I think you are kind of like, it blurs too many lines of like, what is just common traits of gay men and lesbian girls and all kinds of, and LGBT people, or what is actually like, oh, this is really gender dysphoria and it's this severely dysphoric and this person needs to start go down a transition path i mean in the past in this country i mean i think i'm not sure if it was in the u.s as well but people had to kind of live as the, as the opposite sex for two years or mm-hmm. and some of them then learned like oh i can just express myself how i want but if a family is willing to apparently through, they don't do that now like you don't have to do that um like not here yeah because all the sto- all the stories i've heard lately of people transitioning like i have not heard like, yeah not that they not had anymore, to live with. but it used to be that way yeah. and it's like if a family's willing to go through all of that and spend all that money on surgeries and like for their kid, it's like, what if they tried, like, let's say you're in a very conservative state or area. It's like, what if they considered moving somewhere more accepting or finding a new school or like basically doing whatever they can to help their child just like live however they like um, without them. Yeah. But I guess. Yeah. I fully support like the living as because you will really see like. Yeah. If I fully embrace those gender nonconforming parts of myself, does that make me happy? Do I like being a boy that's super feminine? Like, I think that that's so important to live that way. Because I mean, yeah, you're living socially as a girl, but you're really, you're, you're, you're not medically transitioning yet. Mm-hmm. So you're really being perceived as a gender nonconforming boy or girl. And so I think that, that that's such an important experience to have before you're going to start a medical transition. Like, I think it's very... I, I don't understand the, like the, I have, like, I think, like, I I haven't transitioned in any way socially. And then I'm going to hop on the hormones. Like, yeah, that just seems so, it just doesn't seem thought out to me. It doesn't seem thought out at all. But it's just a reflection of how non-accepting society is for gender nonconformity, because it's like, it doesn't even yeah. occur to them. They just say, oh, right. So because you want to do all these things, then you must be a girl automatically. What was it yeah. like? Um, what was it like, if you can remember, at what mm-hmm. stage did, did you feel dys- dysphoric about your body and anatomy? Obviously, you don't need to, to add this, but did that come into play oh, of at course some point? Like, in terms of, like, the way my body looked? Yeah, like, I mean, because obviously, yeah, one, for sure. one part of it is how you move through the world and the things that is, the what society grants of you to be able to behave, like, dislike, activities, all of that. But then the other side is actually your sex body, like, looking at your body what's i mean didn't like it yeah i didn't like i had i like by the time i was 12 it was like dysphoria i did not like none of it 
and and one of the things that's it's funny because I actually naturally was like feminine looking. Like I look back at like my face, like even because that's one thing. Okay, everybody want to make accusations. I ain't never had FFS, so um, I already had a very feminine looking face. Like even by twelve, thirteen, like, but the body was very much like it was giving like like skinny gay boy body, right? And it it was just. I just didn't feel like me in it. Like I felt like there was me inside of my head and then there was a body that I was in. Like very much like by the book dysphoria. Yeah, it's like a dissociation, um, is it? Yeah, it really was. And it was just this, in, it was just like, I like I wouldn't even feel comfortable looking in like a mirror if I was naked. I remember that. Like if I was going to take a shower, I did not like looking in the mirror. Which like, also is not uncommon for body dysmorphia. I know that's a very different thing. Right. Mm-hmm. When when you think about this, so if a girl um, is kind of an average weight and she kind of doesn't have any reason to question it, but then goes into being an adolescent and then suddenly there's all this pressure and then, you know, starts having that association with hating her body. I mean, do you think it's possible that because the bullying and gender nonconformity was so repressed that then that became an association with your anatomy almost like the two things were then intertwined. I think so. I think it's, I think it's definitely possible. And I think that goes just back to the point of like, I don't know if we'll ever understand the complexities of gender dysphoria. Yeah. Like, I don't think, because I think mine came, came about from a lot of different factors. I think it came from like an innate hyper femininity as a boy. I think it came from rejection of men and boys, like socially in my family. It came from, I think it could have came from traumatic experiences I had when I was little with boys. And then I think it also like, and then I think that that could have started that dysphoria with my body. Cause like, was, could dislike of my male body, could that come from the fact that people didn't like me as a boy, that I didn't feel like I was fitting the way that a boy should be. And so there I'm looking at myself and I'm like, but I'm a boy. And why is it that people don't accept? Like, why is it that people reject me and that I'm not boy enough Mm -hmm. and so that's where it's just like and I I don't know I I mean mm -hmm. I associated like being a boy with being a being more muscly and stuff and I I like I hated looking at my body and how skinny it was like I would avoid that so it's kind of you know you can you really relate to elements of your story you know even if someone hasn't experienced gender dysphoria because your relationship with your body is so complicated and it's so determined by especially at that age yeah and so that's why yeah super interesting so let's move on this is our final story before the fun part so the uk just this month released its latest guidance on transgender well they call it transgender guidance within schools now this has been expected and being talked about for five years so they've kind of delayed it and, and what they're talking about is you know what what are the protocols when it comes to socially transitioning kids at school? Do you tell the parents? Like, what do we educate? Like, you know, do we have all this gender ideolo- ideology within education? Um, but this is what they come out with. So teachers and other pupils will be told that they do not have to use the preferred pronouns of children and staff will not face sanctions if they choose not to do so. The government will also urge schools to take a cautious approach to children who want to transition socially where they adopt the pronouns or dress of the opposite gender. And they've also said that the parents should absolutely be informed, except that there is, you know, a strong case to warrant, you know, a real risk, you know, and that needs to be obvious. So 
Um, let's look at this clip from Pierce Morgan's show on, on what he had to say about it. Waited five years for these guidelines. These yeah. guidelines are start off by saying it's about parents being first. We're, we're putting parents first. Yes. That's wrong, Piers. It's not about Why? parents. It's about the child. It's about the vulnerable child. You're who a parent, needs right? Absolutely. Who needs the adults around them to support them during this difficult period for them. The what, it, what, it doesn't need, what it doesn't need is for the child who is vulnerable to be told, no, the parent comes first. If you want your child to be given medicine at school, if you want them just to have some cowpole, you have to get permission. That has to... You have to go through a process. I have to sign a form if I want my child to have cowpole at school for a headache or a sore yeah. throat or whatever. It is... Uh, to me, it is negligent and bordering on abusive to allow schools just to honour a child's wishes, to be known temporarily as something else without involving them to be made This is when if that, the parent agrees that the child would like to use a different set of pronouns, the school does not have to abide by that. And it would only be exceptional circumstances where the school actually accepts it. So at the moment, there'll be loads of, a lot of children around the country who will be going into the Christmas period now, not knowing how they'll be identified when they go to school in January. You know what? I don't think it needs to be guidance. I think it needs to be the actual law. I do not think schools should have a huge amount of discretion or indeed any discretion over this. And by the way, this is only a consultation. So we've waited all these months. Yeah. Years. Yeah. It's certainly nine months since Rishi Sunak called for urgent action. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only a consultation. Look, for me, this is very straightforward. I do not think children should be encouraged to take decisions that they may come to regret very dreadfully. A lot of this stuff is As not, we saw on the Tavistock Clinic, right, Avery? But these are the arguments that were used against children in the 80s and the 90s when we were talking about, you know, whether children could be gay. We were talking about that. You know, at the moment, we've got a murder trial going on, you know, potentially because of a trans child died, mm. right? You know, and we're talking about... Bullying. But there have also been murder trials this year of trans people killing people. So it works both ways. No, 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 because, OK, we no, can no. talk about that specifically, no, no, but let's be serious. Out, you can take out individual stories, of course you can, if a child and was, amplify them. No, if a child was but bullied... But I, well, I think both of those are horrific for different reasons. So what is it, what's the point? Schools? But trans murderers do not represent trans people. But if a child was killed because they are trans, then that is pretty important. What's that got to do with the school Well, let me tell you what school is bullying them, then obviously that is allowing, that's allowing, that's behaviour. That's a lot. Honey, that's a hard one. That's actually a really hard one for me. Especially because for me, it was like... The struggle to get even people to say she or like to get my name like in, when I was in high school like they would slip up all the damn time calling me my like my old name and like all kinds of stuff and this one's hard this one's hard because I think it's just we I just think this is the case where we can't make blanket guidance or judgments yeah and we can't just put out blanket policies to cover it all I think that it's such an individual case by case basis I don't think that parents should be neglected yeah in this process I but I do understand the case of where it is a risk I think that that absolutely should be taken into consideration there's going to be severe distress of letting a parent know that their child is having this kind of thought I don't think that that should be I, I don't, I think it's wrong sometimes on the conservative end to assert that, oh, a child being in danger is okay, like, in the, like, is willing to supersede the parent knowing. Does that make sense? Like, the parent knowing something supersedes a child's safety. I think we need to be careful there. But at the same time, like, parents, parents, if a child's going to transition, they need parent, they need parental support. Like, they cannot just do that on their own, like, at school. Mm. Like, they like they absolutely it is in every child's best interest to have their parents and family as a support system yeah. so i absolutely agree that parents should be involved in that process if their child wants to go by different pronouns different name blah 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 at the same time like i think we all should be considerate that there are cases and it's wrong to neglect those where a, like a child should not be put in a dangerous position yeah and i think because i i knew i know of people where that happened and that's wrong yeah no i it, it complicated i I, I would assume, though, you know, in this country, which is a liberal society, largely compared to the rest of the world, like the United States, I would think most 
teachers will be more than happy to use the correct pronoun, you know, okay. with the parent's support and giving them the support they need. I do think that not enforcing them to do it, otherwise they'd lose their job is the way to go also though, because it's freedom of speech. And if someone yeah. has very strong religious beliefs, then you can't, you can't weigh their rights at the same time. But I would expect I that this would be a small percentage. But I also think it's unfair what that woman said is that they start this fear mongering. Oh, well, if you don't do this, then trans people will delete themselves. Trans people will be murdered. Like, you know, they, they use the cases as a weapon to say, this is why this is happening. And, you know, it's, it's more complicated than that. There's all sorts of people commit all sorts of things. You know, the highest rate in that is actually men, straight white men in this country, in the US who delete themselves. No one's talking about that, but you could, you could see certain people, um, talking about toxic masculinity, you're not allowed to talk about it because this is the reason men are doing this. It's because of you. So that really annoys me when they bring that into it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, and that's, and that's to, like, I guess like this is my perspective, like, and I know a lot of people disagree with this. I think people should just use whatever pronoun someone wants to be called. I think that you're just being a nasty bitch. If it's like really that big of a deal, like, I'm going to be so honest, like, like even like, like, even though, like, I've always said, I will never, I, I don't want shit on non-binary people, even though I think that, like, I don't think that we should be categorized the same. Yes, we both are not conforming to our biological sex. However, male to female and female to male is a wholly different experience than just identifying as non-binary. And so I think that we should have different differentiation there. But if someone wants me to call them a pronoun, it's not, I'm not sleep at night. You know, but I understand for other people, though, that's a that's a thing for them. Mm -hmm. It goes against their values to do that. And so I think I agree with you that we should respect that, even though like I in my own personal belief, I think that you're just like if you can't call someone a fucking pronoun. But I also am not going to disrespect people like where that does go against their value, because who am I to say that that's not that's not important principle to them just because it's not to me doesn't mean I'm going to take that from somebody else. And so I think that also goes to show you something I was saying earlier about like, let's, let's get the kids in therapy and tell them how difficult it is to be trans because not everyone's going to call you the pronoun you want. And you see that a lot in, you see that a lot in all these trans people having meltdowns every day outside in public. Did any, like, did not realize the shit was going to be tough? Like, even with, I'm, I'm like, I'm 10th year of transition. I've had lots of procedures done. I've been on hormones for 10 years. People still like to fuck with me and call me he, him, boy, man, and all kinds of shit. But I'm at a point now where I don't care. Like, I don't, like, it, it's honestly funny to me when people do that because they think I'm going to care and I don't. Because, like, I am who I am. I'm a trans woman. To feel that way. Yeah, like, I'm a trans woman. I know that I'm a biological man that transitioned all of their, like, that transitioned their body and their face to look like a female. Like, so calling me he, him, okay. Like, yeah, we know that, genius. Like, it's not an insult. And so, but that just goes to show you though, let's let these, let, let's let these kids know that it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have everybody on your side. That's a part of life. That happens to gay people. People don't want to recognize their marriage. There are people on this planet that even if you are legally married as a gay couple, they're going to be like, that's not a marriage. So that happens to trans people. There are going to be people where it does not align with their principles and values mm-hmm. and they're not going to want to respect that just because me. And I think honestly, like my perspective of why I don't give a fuck about pronoun probably comes from me being trans. So like, I get it for people. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be a fucking bitch and not call you a they like, I don't care. 
but at the same time I'm gonna ask you like, if you do they them <laughs> like like because here's my thing on that like look I don't know what it what it's like to not feel like a boy or a girl for me it was very clear I was a boy I didn't like that shit I wanted to be a girl like a hundred like I wanted to my body took that way I wanted my face look that way I wanted to people to see me that way I wanted to be she her um I don't I can't I can't empathize. Like I can't understand what that would feel like to not feel like either. And so I'm not, I take that away from people. Cause like, I don't know, but at the same time, I push back on them trying to speak for trans people. Like you guys need to sit up there and you guys need to be non-binary and proud. But a lot of you guys are doing the advocacy for us and we have different needs. Yeah. Trans people that like are, strictly male to female, female to male tend to have much different thought processes, life experiences, and medical needs than people that are non-binary. A lot of non-binary people don't need to medically transition. A lot of them don't need, don't even legally change their name. Like I would, a lot I would of assume the, like, that most of them don't have dysphoria. Yeah. Like a lot, like a lot of them don't even go through like procedures or even need to take hormones. Like it's a much, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world where it's mostly like like a political principle for some people. It's like a thing. It's a way to kind of like correlate with their gender nonconformity. And that goes to show you though, that that doesn't mean that you need that, that it's fond gender dysphoria. Yeah. And so that's where I really want that differentiation, especially in activism, because it's too many of y'all trying to dictate what we are and we're, we're different kinds of people. Yeah. But I bring that up just because though, like, as a trans person, I'm not going to sit up here and be a hypocrite. And like, I'm not calling you they. Like, because you could say, bitch, we're not calling you she. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm not losing sleep at night if you don't want to call me a she. I don't care. But like, it's but, like, so, kind of with this story, like, I think, do I teachers, like, I like, I don't think it's that big of a deal to call someone a pronoun. But at the same time, like you said, people should have a right. If that's their principle and it goes against their principle, they should have every right to exercise that yeah. and say, I'm not comfortable with that. And that's fine. And that goes back to why I said, if like being trans is fucking hard and these, and if you're going to transition, you need mandated therapy because someone needs to let you know that's going to happen a lot. Yeah. Even if you're passing, even like, even me 10 years into it, I still have people that are like, you are, you're a bitch. You are a he, that's a part of yeah. it. And so I think that we're just not equipping people that are thinking about transitioning enough mm -hmm. to be fully mentally prepared. And that's why you see everybody in there, all these trans people on TikTok and on the internet, like throwing meltdown, throwing tantrums and having meltdowns everywhere about a fucking pronoun. And I'm like, well, hello, look in the mirror. Like it's not, I'm not, there's anything wrong with the way you look, but like, what do you think people are seeing? Yeah. Like that's how pronouns work. Like we look at people and we go, boom. Which is why like, I totally get your point. And I, I, um, I kind of, I, I've grown a lot more hardline on this. Like I've, I've kind of, mm -hmm. I, I've stopped at the he, she, and you know, I, I largely, mm -hmm. to be honest, like a lot of it comes from the disrespect I see from the non-binary community on yours and the suffering I know that people with gender dysphoria go through that need to transition. And the fact that in history, we've always had gay people, we've always had people with gender dysphoria that wish they were the opposite sex this thing is very clearly to me a trend there's a whole fashion element that goes to it like you know having a mustache and then like half a dress and or like having hair one side and then short hair the other it's they all got lit so like try hard <laughs> and 
you know, it, people have been swept up by it and I find it extremely disingenuous for the most part. I think people kind of latch onto it sometimes when they kind of have a lack of identity or maybe like they're not yeah. that interesting, like, sorry, but. Uh, yeah, it is. It's a true identity thing. Yeah. yeah. Because it, it, it gets you a community and it gets you like, and so I actually agree with that. That's one thing I will say. I it's I think it's easy for me to just call people a pronoun because I'm trans. Yeah. And so I recognize that. Like it's easy it's, it's a little easier for me to do. But at the same time, like trying to like you're asking a lot of people to always call you something other than he and she. It is so difficult. It's so hard. Even I f it up all the time. I f up all the time with people that go by they them. Like it's just so against what we're used to in terms of language. It's so against it. And especially when they is a plural pronoun, like it's really hard to integrate that into, into everyday people. And if you're, it's hard. If you're, and so yeah. if you're comfortable with your biological sex, but you just want to express yourself a certain way, why do you need they in order to be valid? And speaking of enforcing things on society, Brianna, we're going to check out some pretty wild woke TikToks here. So oh. This well-known <laughs> well TikToker is back trying to convince people and kids to go no contact with their families. So interesting thing about going no contact, especially with family oh, this, and like partner, uh, ending things and going no contact. You are doing it in a way to save the relationship, which is okay. Uh, it seems like you're dissolving the relationship, but in a way, things are not sustainable the way they are. And you can send them kindness and love from a very far distance. So in a way, you are choosing to bring love into the relationship. You are saving the relationship by destroying it. And that to me is a moral choice. First of all, thoughts on the makeup? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Is Jeffrey Marsh trans? Like, I don't even know. He's, non, he's non-binary. He's non-binary. Non-binary. Okay, got it. All right. Look, bitch, you're grown. You're grown. You're a grown they. Like, what are you like what like what what any sort of like what gives you the right to like sit up here and get and like be a, a resource for kids like where where'd you get that from who told you that who said that like what have you done to like what have you done to garner this like oh i'm a platform and i'm a resource and a source for children this why why you're a grown-ass person like, and on top of that, I get, I get, I'm not going to sit up here and say, cause I, I don't have a relationship with like my dad or like other people in my family. Right. Yeah. But that's for a lot of reasons, but to go up there, like, don't, don't encourage people to do that. Like that's, that's a serious, and it, and it was a sad thing for me. And I actually fought to, for that not happen, but now I don't have a relationship with my dad, my sister. And so don't don't sit up here and act like it's it's a like oh you just send them love for away don't do that that is such a painful thing to go through when you have to sever a relationship with a close family member it is it's painful it's hard and you don't forget it you don't forget it and it sucks like you go through every day and you're like shit like i lost such a close family member of mine and it's a painful experience and so to sit up here and act like oh if you're not feeling like it then fuck them like no no don't encourage kids to like don't don't encourage and kids to just deviate like that's not responsible that's not that's not in their best interests like if, if anything encourage them to actually communicate with their families communicate with their family members talk things out always try and resolve them mm -hmm. 
Like, but to just say that, oh, it's a nothing. Like, it can be a Tuesday. You can say, your mom. Like, no. <laughs> no, baby. No. Who the f*** are you? Like, who the f*** are you? need you a resource for, like, like for kids. What, oh. what are the motives behind it? I mean, all... Like, get out of my face, not, If it's not, like, you're a... You're a it's fucking motive, weird. Then... The only thing I can see is someone who feels so insecure that they had to cut their family off that now they need other people to do it in order to feel valid that they did it. And it's just like, what do you have to gain from like urging kids to do this? It it should be last resort and it should be. You set up kids. It should like, it should be last resort. Like it's, I mean, I also don't speak to my father and that was like such a difficult decision. Right, but it came after like years so and years and years of of trying and like contemplating. Me too. And speaking to a therapist mm-hmm. for like a year before I did that. So, uh. like, it's just so irresponsible, bitch. Like, mm-mm. and then you set up kids. Like, kids that happens are so much more likely to to be abused. They're so much more likely to get into dangerous behaviors. Like, don't, no, no. And just like, and I don't, some people, because I think we've lost like the, the actual gravity of what a groomer is. I think we've lost that because now everything we don't like is grooming. Like, sure? however, do not encourage kids to engage in something that is more like, like is statistically more likely for them to be groomed if they do that. Like, no, bitch, I don't like you. Yeah, and it's it, there's no sort of an adult trying to put a wedge between their child and their parents that doesn't look good. That's why the whole thing in schools yeah, maybe. of like, you know, there could be a teacher that that exploits by convincing a child like, oh, your parents aren't going to accept you. Like, I'm going to take care of this and convince the child yeah. that their parents won't when they might just be really supportive. So it's never it doesn't look good. It's not a good look to be telling. People. No. And he even has another video where he says, um, if you're thinking uh... of going no contact. Why don't you just try it? Why don't you just... Girl, boy, they, what are you doing? Like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Just try it? No, 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 no. I, I just, I can't. Like, and on top of that, what is the, why feel the need to, to communicate with children online? Why? That's something I'm so firm on. I, like, I, like, then again, like, I can't control kids that look at my, like my pictures online because I know I model. Like I can't control kids looking at my YouTube, and I'm and at the same time, I'm sorry. I'm grown. I'm adult. I'm 23 years old. I do not feel comfortable communicating directly with children online. Yeah, me too. It is. It is my place. It is. Uh, it, it. It. Like that's just not. I am not qualified to do that. Yeah. Nor is that a safe thing mm-hmm. to do. So why is it that your grown ass feels so inclined to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, let's let actual parents do that. Let's let actual people certified to work with children do that. Mm-hmm. Not you. Not random fuck bitch that's in the, like, from somewhere that feels like they're an authority on something. Because no, who said that? I can't stand that hell. I'm sorry. Enough of Jeffrey. Let's move on. person identifies as a bird. Hi, my name is Asa. I'm a member of the DID system, and I'm also a bearded vulture therian. I have two questions. One is for other Therians, uh, specifically bird Therians. Um, and the other question is for other systems who have Therian system members. So first question for other bird Therians, what are some things you do that help you feel more connected to your stereotype? Like, I know that for people whose stereotypes are four-legged, they can do quadrobics and that helps them a lot. Um, but obviously that's not applicable to bird Therians. I also want to clarify for anyone who doesn't know, um, quadrobics does not automatically equal Therians. People can do quadrobics and not be a Therian. So that's my first question, how to feel more connected to bird stereotypes. 
And second question is for systems with Therian alters. Do these alters appear human in a world, or do they appear as their stereotype in a world? Or is it kind of a combo situation? Like we have someone in our system who is both a guy and a vulture at the same time. We don't consider him a Therian because he doesn't consider himself a Therian. Um, he just kind of exists as both of those things at once. Is that how Therian alters work in you guys' systems? So <laughs> just for anyone listening, this person, I mean, um, if you didn't understand it, don't worry, because it's it's not. But their, I didn't their pronouns are they, Z, bone, brittle. <laughs> the brittle is my favorite one. But Brianna, does this represent you? I mean, I have mental health problems, you know, like, but at the same time, look, bitch, like, but you can, you can, what, like, look, I, I believe in freedom, right? You can, you can, whatever you want, mama, you can, you can, whatever you want to think. But if you call yourself trans, bitch, you're going to have to go up against me because I'm not playing that shit with you. I'm not. Don't sit up here and now you want to do trans activism to speak in for us. There is a lot of history on my side here as a trans person. And there's a lot of different arguments and cases to be made of gender dysphoria popping up with people that are from such a young age exhibiting that kind of behavior. But to say that you identify with birds, like, what is even the basis for that? Like, where, like, what is that you, where is it that, that you, that connection outside of your species? Like, is it because you think they're cool? Like, you think, like, if you think cars are cool, does that mean that you identify? Like, no. I just like, I'm like, at what point, like, it's like you give people the inch and they just go the mile. Like, you gave them an inch of being trans, like, okay, guys, like, you guys are weirdos, but like, I get it. And then now we're over here. Like, how about we reel it in a little bit? How about we reel it in? I'm never going to say that you can't say what you want to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want, if you're like, I really f birds, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but it, but they want to speak for the trans experience. They want to speak for trans people. That's where I have an issue. Like, I don't care. Go live your f life. But at the same time, these people always want to get up on TikTok and start doing trans activism. No, baby. Don't do that. You you make me. Oh. You're hilarious. <laughs> like it's just like what the f are we even talking about now? Like I I miss when like, trans shit used to be kind of regular. Like I mean, trans people are not regular, but like yeah, I miss That's when like it used to were, be though. like they kind of okay yeah I, I kind of understand what's going on there now. Like right, like we had a we were starting to have an understanding, and then the shit just went backwards. Like it just went all over the place. Like. Mm -hmm. What, what I don't even know what this is. Mama. I, know they, I like, know that you said that you know you just would respect someone's pronouns, but are you gonna? Where's the line? Would you call someone bone brittle? Baby, you're lucky. You you're lucky. You threw that they in there because I might give you that. I might on a good day. I might if I'm feeling nice. But like bone brittle. <laughs> what would you say? Like brittle. Like that's like identifying as osteoporosis. Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean that's a what's a, what do you mean that's a pronoun? Like, how is that a pronoun? Those are literal that that's a an, an adjective. Like brittle bones. Bone brittle. Like, oh, that's bones. That's bo like anyone seem brittle? Like, it's getting weird. It's getting really weird. We have a mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. Like this is it. Next up, civilian claims a child knows if they'll be interested in sex at age 10. I think a 10 year old can consent to throwing away adult sexual function. Like, what do you want me to say to that? The truth? It depends on the 10 year old. It depends, it depends on the 10 year old? Depends on the person. Not oh my gosh. Wants sex. Not everyone. So she said it depends on the 10 year old. Not everyone Bitch, wants sex. what? 
bitch, what? And this is where activists get me up. It's because do you see they like they're to ever concede on anything? Like this requires engaging in a conversation. This is a very interest. This is a very important conversation mm-hmm. to have. Very important. But because they 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 don't want to even give an inch of a nuance in that conversation about why, like, because you could eat, like, because what they're asking is like, are you like, is it can a child consent to like sexual function being taken away, right? Yeah. yeah right. Why don't you engage in a conversation where you talk about? I I agree with that. That's something that a ten year old probably cannot comprehend. How about we have a conversation of well, then how can we set up a way for people to be diagnosed, go through therapy to determine if that medication is in their best interest? See, that would be a great way to approach activism, right? It like see their perspective, engage with it, open up a better conversation about how can we meet in the middle there? Because then then don't because don't neglect kids where they're in severe distress with gender dysphoria at a young age. Like because taking away their take treatment that is in their absolute best interest is that really like I think that that that's just they get me f-ed up, but they 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 died. And they don't ever want to come to a to an agreement with that side. They don't ever. So they just start saying bullshit. They just start saying like, not everybody wants sex. Yeah, they're a ten year old. So no shit, mama. Genius. Oh my god. Like they're so brain dead. It's all about just upholding their side. It's just about upholding their side. Like, nope, we're not going to agree with you. I don't agree with the with the with the Nazis. Like, I'm not agreeing with the fascists or whatever. So, like, I have to just come up with every little bullshit for every valid thing they have to say. Like, those are that's a valid argument. And you can actually engage with that while still being on your side. Because, like I said, like a, like a way for them to approach, like, here, let me, let me activist some help here because they need it. Like, a way to approach that. Acknowledge the counter argument. Acknowledge it. Understand where, where they're coming from. Look at your own principles and say, okay... I agree. There's like, there's a conversation we had about medical consent for a child. However, medical consent is a different thing than general consent, especially talking about sexual consent. I think that that would be a great thing for them to do. Differentiate between sexual consent and medical consent. Those are different things. Because if you're going to equate them, oh, so then a child cannot consent to a dental procedure, can't consent to like something like that, like receiving, receiving like booster shot for school like do you see like medical consent is a very different conversation than sexual consent that would be an angle that they could go at because they're trying because they 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 stop here when they're 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 trying to lure the two and so then they say some stupid shit like 10 year old like not everybody's gonna want sex like see that that's see, see when they they're so up to ever engage with any other conversation or argument that they just start saying stupid shit uh someone need to help someone need to send them help like, because this is embarrassing. Like, you guys, you guys can just look stupid. Like, yeah, and act. The narrative is that oh, if you disagree with like one percent of anything, then you're taking resources away. But it's like the opposite. If we have, like, no, we're giving resources to people that need it. Exactly. Like, and there's a there's a lower chance that resources will ever be taken away if we're identifying the right people in extreme cases who have tried other things, and I mean, they just end up by by like you said refusing to give an inch they end up saying really creepy stuff like really right they end up because they're so unwilling to ever move from that position that they're not willing to engage in an actual nuanced conversation about it so then they just start babbling bullshit because we all looked at that and now you just made us all look nonsensical and deranged so thanks a lot
And just just on a side note, you just see this random man in the background with like a clown face makeup. It's like, what Which, is going on? There? I mean, kind of fitting. Like, because what? It's, it's clown hour over there. Yeah. Like, okay, so this TikToker went viral for talking about gender euphoria. Things that give me gender euphoria, but it gets increasingly more unhinged doing housework. There's just something that's so mommy-coded about destroying a mountain of dishes or like crisply folding laundry. Beating men. Not like physically beating men, but like winning against men in like sports or a video game or life itself. Also the color green. I understand that colors don't have gender, but a good green, that's just for the girls, be Next, I'm gonna have to say crying. Before I transitioned, I was one of those girls dash boys who like never cried. And now it's everyday like clockwork. And honestly, what is girlier than sobbing uncontrollably? Next, doing any activity with the wind in my hair. Like running, biking, convertibles, boats, wind tunnels. Those last three I actually haven't experienced, but I imagine the euphoria would be off the chart. Also, reminder that there is an ongoing genocide that we need to be paying attention to, talking about and calling our reps about. Just because your feed is back to normal doesn't mean the world is back to normal. Wait, bitch, what? Like, I... Okay. Do you feel euphoric when you like, do the dishes? No. <laughs> like, uh, here's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm kind of taking this a little bit jokingly because I... I and you know, like I said, I don't shut down things because, like, just to say they're trolling. This does seem a little trollish, but let's engage with it. Because the problem is, like I was saying, unfortunately, this is one of those cases where I'm like, let's not just dig for any old reason to shit on trans people, please. Like, and I think that this is one of them. Like, this doesn't seem serious to me, but let's say it is, right? Let's say it is. Like, this one's hard for me because I think, like... Like, like, for example, I see this a lot with like TERFs or like GCs, right? Where they kind of pick on, they pick on trans people because they're like, oh, you got woman face. Or like, you're saying that like being a woman is this, this, and this. But then at the same time, they'll look at trans people and they're like, oh, well, you still look like a man and this and that. And then, so they're kind of do, so they kind of are defining what a woman looks like. Because then you're picking on how a trans person looks. But you just told us that like, oh, just because you do makeup and hair and you like doing feminine things, that doesn't make you a woman. But then if you have masculine traits, they're like, oh, like you're a man. So you are defining what a woman looks like and what a woman does. Or like, for example, like if a woman, like if a, like a woman that like, they're still speaking with a lower voice or like their mannerisms and stuff. So it's like, you guys can define those things. You are, but you guys are just being different because it's it's a trans person. And so with this, I think it goes back to that whole thing of like, this one's hard it's for giving me. me. This one's it's hard. Me, yeah. Because I just don't know what's serious and what's not yeah. here. I it don't know. So many and so, things. Like, it kind of gives me Dylan Mulvaney vibes. And people are like, oh my God, look, trans people are misogynist. It, it could also be a joke. And this was on Sky News Australia. Like, this, is the kind this of to me just seems way too much like a joke. <laughs> like, you know... Yeah, like, I don't, in my personal opinion, this just seems like a fucking joke. This seems like some bitch that just, that just turned on her phone and is just saying random shit. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't know if this is worth, like, a discourse from people. I saw this on my timeline, but I just didn't watch it because I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I, it, I'm bringing it to you, sir. <laughs> no, it's good. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Like, because I think it just goes to show you, like, when you transition, like, like I'm not going to play dumb because obviously, like, certain things made me feel like a girl when I was transitioning that were feminine. Like, I remember when I first started transitioning, I would, I would run this big-ass pink purse and, like, I would do so much makeup, so much colorful hair. And it's, like, I mean, they just said, like, the color green feels like a girl thing and, like, yeah. certain things make them feel like a girl. Like, and so I think that that's a part of transitioning is you are going to embody stereotypes. That's part of it because we live in a world like even biological men and women do that.
they they do that make them oh this makes me feel girly this makes me feel like a man like that's a lot just of a it part is of it. biological like they, these gender critical people will also they'll they, you know they will say gender is not socially constructed like you know there's there's key differences between men and women of what we on average both like and dislike and the way we behave a lot of it is to do with evolution you know where it's like evolutionary strategies and how we all behave the things we like and dislike but yeah. um but then someone says like i want to live as a woman they say well what does that mean what does that mean? right like th- that's exactly what i think this is perfect yeah. of like it's one of those things where it's like you guys are like men and women you cannot be a man you cannot be a woman and like just because like you do this this and make you a woman i'm like okay fair fair but then you guys are also talking about what is a man and what is a woman. So like, it's just a huge contradiction. Like, I think it's just a huge contradiction of when it comes to trans people, because then that's where they start. They start slapping you with that. That stuff don't make you a woman. Like women aren't, women don't have to do that. Like real, like that's not what makes a real woman. But then you guys, by doing that, you are defining what is a woman then. Because then if you, if if you're a trans person, like let's say that they want to be a woman and they look completely masculine. And you're like, you don't look like a woman. Mm-hmm. I thought you guys just said none of those things make you a woman. So what is it? Then what the fuck is it? And so like with this, I just don't even think this is serious yeah. either. Like it just seems like some young girl that's just like shit, like just babbling on her Still phone. spawns an interesting conversation. Like, um, but like makeup, for example, you know, people say, oh, that's just a social construct. But like women would, you know, women biologically want to look more youthful because they're more fertile mm-hmm. you look more fertile yeah. so like you can see where makeup comes into it because you have the blush and like making skin look you know healthier more mm-hmm. having more vitality so mm-hmm. you know and 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 if a very hyper feminized boy experiencing gender dysphoria then it makes sense why you would associate that with being a woman but mm-hmm. rihanna thank you for entertaining me on that one considering you swiped before so last up this tiktoker claims to be every gender no gender straight and gay at the same time why am i both extremely straight and also extremely queer here we go i am pangender and pansexual so i use all pronouns because i am non-binary but i also do not feel a like strong connection to any of the genders but also i don't feel like a strong ew i hate it to any of the genders though if you call me ma'am i will punch you (laughs) but if i am all genders that means i'm always straight in a relationship but it also means i am always super queer so it works every way. I am, at the same time, extremely queer and extremely straight. He's having her cake and eating it. I think that's the best example of that. Look, yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when shit don't mean things no more. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with m- things meaning something? Like, what? So you're, st- why the fuck do you want to be queer then? So bad. Like, like, wh- like for what? Like, for, for points online? Like, for for oppression points or something like it's because i think it goes back to that people want a community people want identity because people don't have that in real life as much anymore like people we're so isolated in person and so people go online to find communities and find validation and find identities and it's like bitch what the fuck you mean you're straight but you're fuck you're queer like no it don't work that way sis like it it really doesn't like it by definition it don't work that way like how are you straight and gay? How do you say you don't want to be called ma'am? Well, she, but but then you, but don't like none of the genders. But you like all the genders. Like you don't know what you like or what you are. So you ha- you're having identity crisis, my love. You're having an identity crisis. Log off. 
put the phone down. Like, girl, take a deep breath. Like, go go open the schools, Joe. Like, do something. Like, like because these people need a f- identity really bad. Like, because the thing is, like, like what do we? The, what's what's killing me is the straight and queer. Like, I'm I'm so used to the gender best that like seeing like I'm straight but I'm queer just kind of threw me like oh that's a new one like what do you mean you're straight but you want to be queer remember a time when like this is still kind of like I remember being a kid and like humiliated that people thought I was gay like people thought I was gay before I even thought I was gay like I never fully came into like being gay I was never like oh that's me because like I really was just having gender dysphoria but I didn't know what that meant at the time and so every time people would call me gay, I was like, I mean, sure, but like, it doesn't feel like me. Uh-huh. But, and that was because I had gender dysphoria, but with this person, like, you're straight, but, but you're, but you queer. No, you want to, you want community. You want to be a part of that community. Like, girl, just go make gay friends or something. Like, imagine if- what do you mean? Like, don't take that label. Don't take that label and make it and reduce it to just like some random. And I just think it's cool. Like, no, like people actually go through things being gay and lesbian people go through hard experiences socially people that are trans go through horrific experiences socially it's a, such a difficult life being actually gay lesbian bisexual transgender mm-hmm. like just because you want a community does not mean that you are by definition a part of that community that's okay that's okay because look like i'm not gonna, i don't mean to pull this car but like let's like what if she was like i'm white but like, <laughs> I know. I, I had I to go there. I had to go there because look, I had go to go there. Because what if she was like, I'm white, but like, I want like I don't know, but like I feel Latina. So she girl, everybody would look at you fucking crazy because I think that we've already kind of established some boundaries there. But for some reason, we haven't done it here yet. Yeah. Like, and remember, she did say she said just, that she's pan gender. So I think the the appropriate analogy there would be. I'm all the races, so I'm pan race. But imagine if like me, so I'm Irish. So I grew up in like, you know, rural kind of largely conservative, like me walking into school, getting called queer, like getting jokes put on me about like sexual innuendos. Imagine if I'd gone up to them and say, well, actually I'm pan gender because I'm all the genders. So I'm straight and gay at the same time. They would have looked at me like, what the hell? And this is why I'm really critical of the non-binary movement because there are many people who are straight, a lot of them, not all, but straight, white, privileged people, middle-class people who decide to identify as non-binary. And I'm like, I find this insulting as a gay man that you are latching onto this because it's trendy and to kind of seem more marginalized when some of us really had to go through a lot to, to learn to love ourselves and you're just hopping on the bandwagon. And that's why I'm not a fan of the whole thing because it's either turning, it's either urging gay people to think I'm not, I'm not enough anymore. I'm not marginalized enough anymore. Yeah, no one cares or, Like, so I'm gonna do something. It's selling straight people. Be queer. You can be queer too. All you need to do is put up your hand and say, "I am pan gender. I'm tri gender." Um, like this to me, and see, here's the thing. Like, I can understand because, like, I I recently read about um the like. The you I read I recently read about a Quaker like decade oh, yeah. like not centuries ago, you know what I'm talking about the yeah, universal yeah. friend, like I read about that, and that was very interesting to me. But then again, that's a very different case because that was a religious based yeah. thing. 
However, so I'm I'm never going to take away gender nonconformity to people. And so if people really, truly just do not like being associated with the gender, whatever, fine. I'll let y'all have it. But my issue, though, is that these people hop in and they're the ones doing activism. They're the ones dictating what trans people need. They're the ones saying that, oh, like, we need this and that. My opinion is you're, you're who? What? Baby, like, that's that's where I draw a hard line and where, like, I'm never going di- to dictate what people can and can't think about themselves. But at the same time, you guys need to stop speaking for a group of people that you are just not a part of. And that's okay. What the fuck is yeah. wrong with that? Like, you're not a trans person. That's fine. Because we all kind of have something in common and that we go through, like, a, a transition process. I, I had to that. go to court. I had to go to court at like like 15 years old to go legally change my name. And I had to sit up there to in front of a judge and this was in a conservative state. So it's like, I was already going in there and they were looking at me like, the fuck? especially because this was before trans was like a big conversation. They like, they were looking at me like, hello, what do you mean? And like, just talking to him, he was like, you know what? Like, I hope that this really helps you feel like who you are. And I hope that this makes you happy. It's nice. Like, and so I had to go through a whole court process of changing my name. I had to like fight with the school about getting them to like even call me my pronouns because a lot of the teachers didn't. A lot of it, like the school was so took forever to change the name, like on like just the like the, just like in the school system. So like when like the worst was when we had a substitute substitute teacher come, it would print out like the the list, it would have my old name yeah. on it, and they would say it in front of the class. It was humiliating. Yeah. And then to go through that, to go through taking hormones as a teenager and all the things I went through with that, to go through surgeries, like, girl, like, and this is one of those things where I think we all have enough intelligence to discern. This is a person with identity problems. Like, this is not just being a trans person. This is not just being gay. This is somebody that's having an identity crisis because they don't know who they are or what they want to be. And baby, I don't think that you hopping into this bandwagon because you're already online speaking for us in a way. Don't do that. We all have a shared culture, a shared experience. We all like, like, and and, and nothing wrong with not having that. Not everybody needs to be oppressed. Like, like I, I need you to find some value, sis. Like, I need you to find some, I need you to find some real substantial value and identity in your life. And And this ain't it. It's become so scary for people to take that leap because it's like, my theory is that with social media and this constant comparisons, comparing each other people lack a resilience and they are scared to they're scared of failing and not their lives not being perfect so the easiest way to solve that issue is to be oppressed and then always have well like yeah you know I could have never done that anyway but I think on your point um with speaking for us I totally agree with that it's like if you want to turn what was once androgynous what was once like a David Bowie and like all these people into a new identity like go for it and if you want it to have a name but it's like it doesn't make you similar to me it doesn't make it similar to you and I I'm not sure how much I even want it like being an LGBT and this is why I also am quite passionate about the tea being kept because I do think that while you and I are very different there's a process of coming to like learning that you have all these feelings as you know a seven-year-old eight-year-old nine-year-old and kind of dealing with them alone for a certain amount of time, like not talking about it, uh, facing bullying, like that is such like adolescence is hard enough, but to have that on top is is a challenge. Even if people right. accept you, you have to come to terms with, oh well, I am 
the whatever percent of society that's going to have a very different experience. So I think that's where I'm pretty critical of it. Yeah, I feel you on that. And like, even remember what like, you were talking about, like feelings you were having about your body and like developing and all those things. Like we had those in yeah. common. Like there's a lot of shared, there's a lot of shared life experience, shared culture, shared just thought patterns that we all have, even amongst just LGB and trans people. And with this person, it just seems like a more of a self-expression thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. That just doesn't mean that you need to be a part of a community where we all have a shared experience with something. That's why we're in community. Mm-hmm. That's why we are. But just because you desire to express yourself in a different way. And I think that, and I think this also, there's a lot of things that go into it. I think that goes into like also social media kind of rewards this in a way. Like this gets you like a platform. Like that's why, like even on my for you page, I don't even be looking at shit like this and it pops up like all the time. Like it's it like only it's boosted by social media, but yeah, and it's also I don't know. It just gender, makes it's, it's like the further people go with gender, the more they think, oh my god, look, I have all this deep knowledge of gender and this this really intrinsic understanding of what gender means. Like I'm more sophisticated than you. It's a it's a whole philosophy, and they view it. it it's very any political movement that wants to upend society, like the hippie movement. Like all these things that kind of put a middle finger up to the world and say, you're, you're doing it wrong. You guys are brainwashed. We, we know it. Like it's, it's very much trying to overthrow like, you know, traditional gender norms. And it's like, babes, you're never going to do that. And you're definitely not going to be right. it's never gonna saying happen, this like, nonsensical stuff. Right. And that's never going to happen, sweetie. That's never going to happen. And this even comes from somebody that I do push on it because I, I acknowledge how sometimes when we're so critical of people not fitting it, it can push people to want to transition younger. I, I do put on that because yeah. I lived it. However, with this case, though, like there's such a clear difference in someone. You just want to defy all those norms. And that's OK. That's fine. But for a lot of us, we do find comfort in them. I find comfort in my transition because I feel I fell into a role that was better for me, that made me feel like me. And that's a very, very different life experience than somebody like this, where it's just like, I want, like, I like I don't even know how to comprehend it because I just haven't lived that. I've never thought that yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that's a indication right there why there's people like me that we've all lived like this and there's people like you that live like that. That doesn't mean that you need to hop over here and then you need to start doing activism speaking for us. We have different needs. We have different needs. There's a reason why people like me go through legal process. We go through medical process. We go through all kinds of stuff since we're young. While with you, like, it's really just about maybe changing your hair color and, you know, popping in like a septum piercing. And that's okay. Go off, bitch. But like, that does not mean that you need to now, like, now that means, oh my God, I'm a minority and I need to advocate for for our rights. Like, that doesn't, no, 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 no. Don't do that. There's a reason why we are all in community and why we are trying to advocate for things. That does not mean that they apply to you. That does not mean that that, that that needs to be a part of you. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But unfortunately, you can't push back on that because then that's transphobia or like you like they call you all kinds of names like, oh, you're trying to gatekeep and like, oh, you're a medicalist or like whatever kind of bullshit they came up with. They keep, they keep and I'm like, no, I'm just pointing thing. out the obvious. I mean, like, right. Being, like I'm pointing out the obvious being here. Gay, for example, isn't an identity. It's like something you can't change. So like that gatekeeping happens by default and you can try and rewrite the term lesbian to be like a non-man who loves non-men but that's just your idea and it's not it's not biological but look 
Right. And that's when it, and like, and like just yeah, like yeah. one more thing, like, and that's where like I, and why I so wanted like a, a huge differentiation and why there's nothing wrong with you expressing yourself that way. However, why do you think now people look at us and they're like, oh, we should not be letting these people transition. We shouldn't be letting anybody transition. Because this is a very clear example of I needed to medically transition and likely this person doesn't. And that's why we need a separation here. Because there's a difference between people that go through really severe gender dysphoria and medical transition is the number one treatment for them and will help them. And then there are people where it's a form of self-expression. We need a line in the sand. We need a line in the sand. Because do you see that's two different things to advocate for? Yeah. But when you mesh them together, people look at us and they're like, so we're handing out hormones to just for fun. We're handing it out just because you want to be, you want to express yourself differently. So now you want us to give you hormones and you want to have surgery. Like that's where we need a line in the sand. Very two clear, different needs. And it's even very well said. No, I appreciate your honesty. I think, and it's, it's even into like non-binary people getting double mastectomies just to achieve androgyny. And it's like, this is not a fashion choice. You know, I find that bizarre right. and I can't believe how many doctors are willing to put a non-binary person on hormone, you know, testosterone, like just for six months to get a bit more androgynous. I think that is like, that, that's like a bodybuilder going to a doctor and saying, I want steroids. And the doctor being like, yeah, sure. Like we all know people are going to go and do it, but like, it's not, it's, yeah. it's just me. And I think we'll look back on this in 30 years and trans people like people like you will very much still exist and this stuff will be like oh my god remember that era of like all of this stuff? yeah let's i want to chin on sis in like 10 years <laughs> check in see how your sis i really do because i'm still i'm still like this like i'm still i'm still living uh -huh. like this baby let's see what you're identifying at in 10 years like well i can't wait to see you flourish brianna like you already are and you know, if you continue on this space online and everything you're going to do, I think, you know, you're, you're an upcoming name in this whole space, but look, it's been so fabulous having you on. Thank you for being on my, um, another guinea pig on this baby podcast, which is in its early stages, but I'm very excited about it. So for anyone who's not seen you before, where can we find you? Where do they need to go to see more? Yeah. So if you guys want to see some videos, I make videos on my YouTube. It's just Brianna Ivy. You can type in my name. I'm trying to do some different subjects because I don't want everything to be so like doom and gloom yeah. all the time. So I try and do some lighter content uh -huh. also. You can also find me on Instagram. Um, I do model. And so all of that kind of stuff is going to be there. But if you want to actually engage with me, I would go to Twitter, like X. It's Brianna Ivy. Um, you can find it on my YouTube and Instagram. I, I that's like more political me. Instagram is more like fashion makeup mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So you can all you can pop over there. Well, that's how, that, that's how we started talking, right? Um, it's been an absolute blast, Rihanna. I think your the depth of your conversation and just your honesty is very much appreciated. And I hope you guys have have enjoyed. Please subscribe, you know, like the video, comment down below, share some love. Go subscribe to Brianna because she is amazing. And I hope this is not the last time. Absolutely not. Thanks, no. Brianna. Thank you.